I got a uh, great compliment today because somebody saw me at the pub when we were out watching the match today. And they were they were out and they were like, hey, I was listening to the Kobe Owens birthday show. It sounded really good, but it sounded like loud in there. I'm like, eh, we're high quality. So I told him. It's most, I said it's mostly Carl. He knows what to do. Comrades and friends, uh, we're here again uh, in the Highlands Bunker. We're in the shadow of Rockford Tower. We're in the belly of the beast. We're behind enemy lines. And, uh, yeah, I mean, you know what we're doing. The Delaware Way is uh, a microcosm of uh, the elites and the establishment who came together just the other day. They've, uh, they've coalesced around very fragile... Neighbor of ours, but maybe we'll talk about that later. This evening, our guest is 2018 candidate for uh, Newcastle County Council and the president of Progressive Democrats of Delaware, which I definitely want to talk about because I have a lot of stories about that. Jordan Pusey, thank you for coming. You're welcome. Thanks for having me on. Yes. So... I know you've been here before, but you've never been to the the, the the studio proper. Are you are you comfortable? Do you feel good? I feel fine. Okay, just checking. <laughs> just checking. No, I'm just fucking with you. <laughs> um, so you, I mean, if if you've listened to it before, you kind of know how it starts. So, like, yeah, where you where are you from? Where where did you grow up? And uh, sort of what was it like? And how did you come to like caring about politics? Because it's it's crazy. Um, so I'm from here, born and raised in Delaware, um, Wilmington General. This is where I was born on July 4th, 1983. Wilmington General Hospital. Yes. Meets, did you hear this, the, the episode about, uh, that, that, um, Carl and Margaret did about me? I was born in Wilmington General too. It's not there anymore. I know. It's crazy. I love this. Christiana Care is taking over everything. <laughs> Exactly. For better or for worse. Well, yeah. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, so local. Uh, we lived in Newport uh, when I was young. That's where my parents bought their first house on Lindbergh Ave. Um, the company my father worked for at the time, Security Instrument, which my grandfather founded, was right across the street on the hill in Newport. So it was a pretty good area to live. The only problem was having like DuPont pigment in your backyard and just the traffic and things like that with 141 so close by. Um, so we ended up moving out to Hocassin area when I was probably like seven or eight, I think. Kind of fuzzy. It's hard to remember. I remember it, it just seemed like we were moving to the jungles because it was nothing but farms and trees. It was like pre-Hocassin, Hocassin. It was before all the McMansions were there, before the development boom took off. So we were in a wooded area. I got to play in the woods a lot. And pretty much went to public schools in Delaware my whole life. Went to St. Mark's a year. Hated it. Ended up at AI. I went I went four years. I wasn't <laughs> too fond of it either. Yeah. It just, I hate uniforms. It's, and my daughter, she's going to go to a middle school next year where there's a dress code. And she's already like, death to dress codes. What's like, the dress code? Like, what is she, what is the code? They the have code? to wear um, button down like polo shirts and khakis, basically, unless you wear spirit wear and like hood, hoodless sweatshirts. So, well, again, this is what see when I went to St. Mark's, 
we had to wear jackets and ties, but we could pretty much wear whatever we wanted. <clears throat> the, the the ladies had to wear skirts, wool skirts, or, wool wool skirts or the other, or the, no, they couldn't even wear pants then. I'm old. Oh, okay. And they had to wear the blazer, the jacket, every day, which is wild to me now because that's this that's more strict than anybody's doing. I think. I think most Catholic schools are similar. Yeah. But they might be moving into that whole polo and khaki ta- territory. Yeah, like. But my daughter lives in hoodies and leggings, so she's just like, oh, "This is horrible." She hates it. Yeah, already, and I'm like, "Eh." Yeah, well, I, I'm I'm from that area actually. I grew up like on Boxwood Road by Banning Park. Okay. So like Newport's, that's me. Yeah. Yeah, grew up like um, Woodcrest, Richardson Park. Yeah. By Conrad. Yeah. But like, probably ten years before. Yeah. I was born in '74. So, okay. Yeah. I'm older. I don't care. I'm smarter, though. That's what I tell everybody. It's wisdom. <laughs> when everybody sees the gray in my beard, I was like, they call that wisdom. It took me a long time to earn that. So what um, What was, like, the thing that, that made you think um, I'm going to be sort of just active in my community, political, whatever you want to say, like follow what's going on and try to organize people? Well, even in high school, I was an avid reader, and I would read the newspaper every morning. So I've always kind of, like, been paying attention to what's going on, especially, like, my high school years. You're reading some of the stories about Tom Gordon and stuff like that. It was just insane. But really what kind of moved me into advocacy was we bought our first home in 2008, and within, like, three months is when the housing market crashed. So we were a little concerned about equity or home and all that and just watching how the politicians were dealing with it. Then watching how like the state of Delaware when we were bleeding jobs just started just they were so desperate. They were just giving money for just about anything. It was like Fisker, PBF refinery, despite, you know, whether or not they were gonna pay off. And then about a year later, I got a notice from the county that Someone wanted to develop the parcel behind me. They wanted to rezone uh, 60% of a one-acre property from low-density residential to commercial regional to build a two-story medical office complex or whatever. So we fought that. This was in Newport? No, this This was in my home. Oh, oh, my home. I bought bought a home in Roselle. Gotcha, gotcha. Yeah, right there off of uh, Kirkwood Highway and 141. I'm like under the off Of course you know exactly. Of course I know exactly what that is. (laughs) And, um, yeah, so there's this little awkward parcel back there right off the off-ramp. And there's accidents. At, at this point in 2009, it was like 52 a year. It's up to like 130 or more now. It's like every day. someone's The one person who yields gets rear-ended. So they wanted to put a business there, which would have been completely detrimental. Luckily, we didn't have to go that hard on that because planning commission, they said it would it wasn't appropriate to rezone. Land use agreed. It didn't go to council. Year after that, Walmart tried to pull something similar. They wanted to rezone 5.3 acres of land to um, commercial and build a parking lot in forested area. And there was a lot of shadiness going on with that deal. So, you know, we just kind of activated within the Civic Association, started really paying attention to land use, got involved with the Civic League. They helped us beat Walmart, too. So I can say I defeated Walmart. <laughs> it kept them from expanding there on Centerville Road. I love it. Which is like 
my proudest thing. Because it was like with the land use process, you can't really argue that, hey, they pay, pay their workers like poverty wages. They're stealing money from taxpayers. They're just a garbage company and they don't deserve anything. Um, it had to be like, well, this is bad for our neighborhood. It hurts the character of the community. Like the trends around the area don't match it. Like, Yeah, because right down the street from that, uh, is a huge lot where the GM plant used to be. Yes. And we went uh, to a meeting. Uh, Carl was there. And uh, we tried to make the same argument, and they told us to stick it. So, yeah, I mean, it's just like, you know, they're going to pay poverty wages, and they just want to try to take advantage of any opportunity they see. And it's people, like, from the community who are like, no, 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 we have to step up. Like, it's it, it's incredibly important. Well, to to, to understand different. what's happening around where you live and being able to step out and do something about it. Yeah, and just be able to like get people to help you too, because it's kind of it's isolating when you're a civic association. You don't know other groups. There's like ten of you who show up regularly, you know, outside of community meetings um, to get the government to listen to you. And that was like the good thing about the Civic League, and then other um, Pike Creek Valley Civic League, Mill Creek. Um, some of those guys really helped us advocate and so i just stayed with them for a while and just learned because a lot of the focus uh was on land use was about different especially the environment um foia um, transparency like things like that a lot was going on and uh people in the civic league i mean some of them francis west has served under every governor since um russell peterson minner was the last one who fired her because she reported her husband for illegally towing vehicles, so you know <laughs> we love we love Russ Peterson, um, Ruth Ann Bentner. I mean, we're not, not we're so not, we're great. Not huge. We're not huge fans. What motivated you to run for 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 county council? Like, what were you doing? Because that's that's a that's a legit move. That's a baller move. Like, yeah. what? <laughs> I mean. I mean, you know how I feel, but <laughs> yeah. it is. It, I mean, it, the fact is, it's, it, it is. So yeah, like, it was what... shots fired. Um, I, I once I got involved with the Civic League, you kind of start paying attention what's going on at the county level, and there's always been like a lot of shenanigans with the influence of developers. Um, but I was happy with my councilman. Joe Retta was phenomenal. He was everywhere. You couldn't avoid the guy. He'd call me once a week to talk for two hours, you know, and. He passed away, unfortunately, and then it was like, all right, well, who's going to represent us? So um, some of my friends at the Civic League, this was in 2016, were like, why don't you? Why don't you go to the nomination? So I did. It was me. It was Ken Woods, and it was some other guy. He was actually pretty nice, and they gave it to Ken. And I'm like, all right, I'll give this guy a chance. He had been on the school board. Um, I'd heard some not-so-great things. And then we got Ken Woods as our county councilman, and uh, he didn't show up. He showed up to his own job at county council 52% of the time, 53% of the time. We ran his attendance. He was rarely at community meetings. It's, it was always his assistant who was phenomenal and amazing. Um, if there was a way to make her our council person, I would never have ran. But I was just underwhelmed completely and totally. And so I was like, you know what? We deserve better. No one else is going to do it. Might as well. You know, and so I did. See, I love that attitude. Because people don't have that attitude. Like, we, this is not right. And so you just step up. What was the experience like? I mean, I, you know. I, <laughs> like, 
that's the important thing is like the, the result is the result we already know what that is but like what did you learn from it when you were going to the doors when you were going to the things and you were doing the thing within the party like what what was that like? It's like night and day between, cause like I had made a lot of friendships and connections just being with Network Delaware and doing some of our change campaigns there. I had a base of support from my community, other civic leaders, because they knew me from my advocacy with the Civic League. And I had, um, Patty Blevins did appoint me to uh, the Common Interest Community Advisory Council. So we were helping out HOAs and stuff like that. Um, so working with the regular public was actually awesome. I loved canvassing. Um, I like going to community meetings, got a lot of great feedback. Um, but then dealing with my own RD, which I had been a member of at, for like a year at that point, um, right after they found out I was going to run, we had a meeting and usually our RD meetings are like six people. It's Ken going off on some crazy rants about Matt Meyer Maybe Larry's there to tell us what's going on at the state level. But usually it's just a bunch of people just complaining. We're over in 30 minutes. It was packed this night. And it was like all the old timers that never come to anything. And I'm like, all right. Like, didn't really think anything of it. We start having our meeting. And then uh, Patty Blevins made a motion to endorse Ken Woods. And so... <laughs> Uh, me and Dustin were a little unhappy with that, but there wasn't really much we could do, so they went through it. Ken yelled at me a bit, told me how ungrateful I was, how I hate jobs, because this was after I fought against the Coastal Zone Modification Act, which yeah, jobs. gutted our Coastal jobs. Zone Act. I, again, they, Carl and I went to uh, argue against uh, yeah. Amazon, so we also hate jobs. Yeah, yeah. I mean, the, but uh, with the Coastal Zone Act, these companies, they cry and cry and cry about regulations. And they're already existing in a space with preferential treatment under the law. All the laws passed in the Coastal Zone Act didn't apply to them. They were grandfathered. They got to keep their bulk um, product transfer. They got to do all these things that no one else was allowed to do. And they still, they still were failing. So we're just propping up dinosaurs. And yeah, so it was pretty nasty. Me and Ken screamed at each other a little bit. Um, Dustin filed a grievance that night about it. Um, you know, I didn't know Dustin was filing. Dustin, uh, you, it, it uh, we know each other. If you're Dustin filing grievances, mad. I have a, I have a lot of grievances. <laughs> yeah. I, I, we should talk about that. So it got overturned by the party, and after that, it was just like me and Ken were not cool, um, and that culminated with him screaming at me on election day in front of a polling place in front of voters. Because one of my supporters was a Teamster and was wearing a Teamster hat with my shirt. And he called me all sorts of wonderful names. A state police officer ended up coming. <laughs> and he was after he left. But yeah, 59 votes. Well, you know what? <laughs> I mean, but I was outspent by a lot. He had every developer in the land donating to him. Um, not a single individual who lived in our district donated to him, however, where most of mine, about, I think, 73% of them were in-district residents. Yeah, the one thing I tell myself is that all of the statistics say that we have more people that we're going to win. And so I try to stay positive about it because... Your experience would tell me, like, yeah, I mean, the system, the mechanisms of it are horrible. Like, they're trying, 
the mechanisms of it are there for you not to do what you're going to do. Yeah. Wait your turn. That's what they want you to do. Wait your turn. Yeah, because they want you to, they want, I mean, again, I, I'm, I'm interested in what your thought it is of it, but it seems like, yeah, we need to tell you sort of what to do first. Like you need to, you need to be in the, in the team before we let you do this. Otherwise, we're going to actively use everything in our power to make sure that you can't. Yeah. And again, I, I here's the thing. I've been thinking about this a lot today because FYI, this is like uh, the day after Super Tuesday. But here, the, the, the thing is this. <clears throat> They can do that to a point. They can consolidate their power. They can decide that they're not going to support you or they're going to actively sort of agitate against you. They're going to bring out the old heads. Like, that's what they do. Bring out yeah. the, you know, Like you said, uh, you show up where usually usually 10 people and then 40 people who are like, oh, okay, these, these people are out here. Like, they can do all that, but that's... That can, that can't that's unsustainable. Yeah, but I think so, you also need people that are progressive that are in office to lose some of the cowardice and put their neck out and support other progressives instead of oh this person did this for me oh you know we were friends with his father oh blah 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 I don't want to get involved because this could affect me later. Like if there was a little bit more courage in politicians in this state who actually stood up for what they believe in we probably wouldn't be where we are right now. I love what you're saying right now because you're you're testing me. And I'm going to tell you a story. <clears throat> because it's exactly what you're saying. You're exactly right. Your read of this whole situation as far as I'm concerned is uh, exactly correct. I was on the phone with a elected representative in Dover about three, three, three weeks ago, maybe a month. <clears throat> and in the course of our conversation, he told me a story that I had heard before because I'm from here. And so you hear stories over and over again. I tell them over and over again. So, you know. And so the story he told me was this. <clears throat> we support Joe Biden because... He's part of our system because we know him. And personally, he's a nice guy. And I said, um, I don't care. I said, I, I'm sure he's a, he seems, I've met him many times myself, and I, he seems like a perfectly nice person, but I don't know why anybody would give a shit about that. I'm a nice person, although people don't believe that. <laughs> um, but so, so we go back and forth, and I said, you know, I'm really embarrassed that all of these people from Delaware went out to Iowa and, and went and canvassed and, and, and sucked up and kissed his boots and all that. I said, I, I feel like that's really, I said, I, I mean, it's, it's shameless. <clears throat> and he said, he said, Rob, 
I want to tell you this story. Now, I had heard this story two or three times before. He said, Joe told me this story one time about when he was a freshman senator. And they were voting on the uh, American with Dis- Americans with Disabilities Act, ADA. And this Southern Democrat racist pig senator just wasn't, wasn't, wasn't supporting it. And Joe ran into the leadership and he was like, this is nonsense. How can somebody not support this thing to try to make just uh, places accessible for everyone, for every citizen? And they said, Joe, what you don't understand is that this senator adopted a special needs child. And, and they took that responsibility. So although they, they may be doing this, they're actually a good person. They're like, like personally, individually, they're a good person. So, so it's okay. <clears throat> and so he tells me the story, which I've heard, again, multiple times. Yeah, I think everyone's heard that story. Of course. And, I, <laughs> and, and so, my, and so my, my response was like, yeah, I don't. I don't fucking care about that. Yeah. Like, Your politics are Like, bad. it doesn't matter. Like, like what you do at a personal level, if you have political power, and you can either support the status quo corporatist sort of thing and say, yeah, it would cost small businesses too much to... Uh, Accommodate. You know, accommodate the ADA, but if you think that's okay because the person who did that adopted one special needs child, you you you, you don't understand the, what we're what we're trying to do. And 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 this, I think, is one of the big things that we have to face with the Delaware Way. I think you ran into it when you ran for council and I think you're going to run into it and I want to talk about like this insurgency with the group I don't know what, what you what your plans are I mean, with the progressive uh, Democrats see Delaware, I think but, with um with Ken it was they didn't want me to primary another Democrat um, when it came to this year there were people from the party asking me to run against Del Colo but I just I couldn't do it why couldn't you do it well for starters I just had to take in my niece (laughs) so going from two kids to three kids and especially when the third kid um has been like traumatized by severe neglect and i'm just trying to get her in school get her all the therapy she needs get her back on medicaid get her purchase of care get just get her to where she needs to be so she can thrive it's a lot like just going from one kid to two or zero to one it's life-altering yeah and it's not only just bringing in a kid, it's the dynamics between your children because I already have a three-year-old. So bringing a two-year-old into mix when he was the baby baby and now you got an extra baby, uh, you know, he's had a little bit of trouble having to share everything, you know. So, I mean, there's toys he has. He hasn't looked at since he was an infant. Like, he actually, she actually found a binky. And the second she touched it, he lost his mind. Oh, I need that. I need that now. I'm like, yeah. calm down, killer. Like, you did not need that binky. You haven't even thought about that binky. <laughs> it's a thing that's bad. See, that's what people <laughs> Jealousy, say. Like, man. They don't want to be part of politics. Politics is part of everything. That's politics, right? Like, he doesn't care about that. But now that there's somebody new in the scene, 
Now he cares about that. Yeah, like that's, that's politics. My two year old, two year olds understand <laughs> politics, but we're not supposed to like. We're supposed to say politics aren't uh, like don't. Yeah, it's everywhere. Yeah, people change their mind about things because they want to exert their power in a in context. Yeah, you know, that's funny. But I'm 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 interested about it too because. Um, and maybe we'll, I hope we keep this in. I don't know. Uh, I'm going to have uh, uh, Del Colo in here in about two weeks. Okay. And I'm like, <clears throat> here's why. And I'm interested in your thoughts about this. Okay. So we went to the meeting that the committee did to give the money to Amazon. And I think I said it on the show. Like, I knew they were going to do it anyway. It was just a matter of going there and making. They've a never scene. given a shit about. Yeah, making a scene. You just got to go make a scene. Like the guy who's asking the questions. Well, I'm a, uh, I'm a, I'm a developer myself. <laughs> I'm a, like, I was almost like, no, no shit. <laughs> like, like, no, they have to go a, through the motions, so it's not yeah. so obvious, but it's uh, obvious. I mean, it's pretty obvious. Yeah, it's pretty obvious. But uh, so we go through that whole, you know, that whole charade. And then we're we're out in the back and, and, and we're talking. And there's a group of us there. And Del Colo comes up. <clears throat> and he says, uh, you know, from a from my perspective, you know, I, I I also don't want there to be sort of corporate handouts. I'm like, okay, that sounds good. Here's how we can stop it. The reason that these this this uh, network of committees has autonomy and they can they can basically tell you three days before they're going to do something they're going to do it and you can go and tell them you don't want them to do it but they're going to do it anyway. The reason they have all of that is because uh, the rules have been agreed upon by the General Assembly and the General Assembly has approved a bond measure. That will fund the fund that they disperse. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> so, the way that you stop what they're doing is to tell people you don't want that bond measure approved. <clears throat> to go to the Delaware Prosperity Partnership. Correct. But don't they also, like, each member of that pays in money? Because that's why it was always, like, pay to play. To me, well, we're because they I mean, match their own funds. Everything's paid to from play. the private. I think, can, I think we can pretty much agree with that. I mean, I don't know. Did you we get? Had did, 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 you, did you get a different? Um, am Am I mis uh, misrepresenting anything? I don't think so. No. No, so, but I know that group also like puts in their own funds as well for some of these projects that they're funding. Whereas Dito, it was all taxpayer. There was actually oversight. You could FOIA the records. They had to put out seven oh. days notice. Oh, again, there's no FOIA. We can't FOIA this. No, That's another because thing they that's are Biden. private part. Yeah, that was a lot of the problem. I think it happened in 2017. A lot of really bad things for transparency happened in 2017 as soon as Carney took over. And because Dito, you could get that information from. And it was like this was the move around to be able to hide 
what they were doing with taxpayer dollars. Like they saw how badly it turned out for Bloom with people being able to get the details. They saw how badly it turned out with Fisker and PBF and all these things. And then they just wanted to like lock it up. And the best way to do it is to start a public-private partnership, you know, where it's a bunch of businessmen and some lackeys that they get together and they're like, oh, who do we have unlimited funds for? Well, we cut money from education and farmland preservation and open space. And, you know, I'm sure you remember John Carney's first budget. It was lovely. Smooth very, you know very what? democratic. Uh, as we said, smooth budget, smooth brain. Yeah. When you smooth the budget, you had to have a smooth brain. <laughs> favorite jellyfish so progressive democrats of delaware you guys just uh you just sort of uh created an insurgency there so we have a lot of activists and organizers now uh sort of running that group that weren't there before um you are the president of you're 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 the leader you're the boss patron you're uh pdd patron so what are we doing? Tell us what we're doing. What do you have? Do you have an idea of how you want to leverage that group uh, and what you want to do? Well, first we got to really see if we can activate the membership. It's an election year, and my fear is that a lot of people are going to get pulled in different directions to work on campaigns and work on things like that and lose focus on what's going on in the general assembly. So we need to do a lot of base building. We need to kind of narrow down our endorsement process, get on a questionnaire that is sent to everyone um, so that it's a little bit more democratic and fair. And then um, really, I, I want to get some debates together so we can hear candidates, uh, what they're doing, what they plan to do, uh, and especially try to focus on the candidates we do endorse, people that are actually progressive, not people who call themselves progressive. And uh, get them funding, try to do some organized canvassing for them, and just really make it more worthwhile, more active, um, instead of just like a passive role where we have little lecture series or whatever they're doing. Um, just really activate the base. And depending on how things go with Sanders, um, there's going to be disaffected progressives from the RDs because it's Delaware, this is Biden land, and unfortunately the status quo isn't working. And if progressives can't find a home in their own RDs in the regular Democratic Party, they need to be comfortable with us and know we're gonna keep working on those things. And especially coordination with uh, other groups like Delaware United and Network Delaware, where we can really do real progressive stuff, not like kind of progressive. Yeah, so how, yeah, no, I, I, I mean, obviously I'm, uh, you're, you know. Yeah. I'm happy to hear that, but like, <clears throat> How how are you going to identify that? Like when you say we're going to support um, this or that, sort of as a pool against the status quo. Have you thought about um, exactly how you're going to sort of target it? Do you have ideas? I mean, I mean, you, I mean well, if you want to share, campaigns. Carl will Carl will Carl will take all of this out if you're giving me any. No, I mean, but it's just like you do with any um, kind of cause campaign. You activate around the issue. You find like-minded individuals. You do letter writing. You write letters to the editor. You um, have lobby days. You do things like that where you're taking the group and, you know, making your opinion known, whether it's through emails or whatever, just and not shutting up about it. 
Can you target any particular person that we can talk about and shit on? I'm just kidding. Man, you can talk about Ken Woods all day. <laughs> I was like, oh, Jesus Christ, please don't. No, but I'm just, I'm just happy Well, that... I mean, there's a lot of people who tried to call themselves progressives and came around to progressive groups, and now that they're in office, it's like... Yeah. Uh, and, total and, and, 180, oh, $57,000 a year is a part-time wage. DuPont Country Club is a community club, like... What land do you live in? Yeah, and I guess, you know, joking aside, not calling out people's names, but calling out exactly what you just said. Like, <clears throat> you can call yourself a progressive and win an election somewhere, but there's more to it than that. Yeah, like Coons right now has literature out that says pragmatic progressive. Tom Carper put out an eight-page, like, magazine touting his progressive credentials. And it's like, neither one of you people are progressive in any way, shape, or form. But you think that's a catchy buzzword now, so you're going to run with it? Like, come on. Your record speaks for itself. We need to be willing to call out, like, hey, this is what we actually stand for. Do you agree to these things? If you don't, you're not a progressive. And maybe we do have to call people out. I don't know. That's up to the group. I can't make decisions unilaterally. No, I'm not a dictator. I, I, I completely understand. And I, I'm sort of in the same. But like right now, getting weed legalized and not letting this death penalty nonsense come back. We shouldn't have state-sponsored execution. And those are two of the biggest issues right now. You know, I agree. I, I You know, it, it's. The Clean Water Act? Yeah, sure. I, I mean, don't. But you just condemned water and our coastal zone for decades so it's kind of like okay can you make up your minds here like we can focus on drainage we can focus on stormwater management that'd be great but you can't say you want clean water and then actively pollute it within like two cycles and think anyone's going to take you well, seriously you know I, I think that's a great maybe that's a great uh, sort of target for the group yeah for, for, for well, the feeding, county. because it's like look we don't want to go backwards. We understand that it's everything's crazy, but like, we don't want to go backwards to the death penalty. Yeah. We don't want to go backward. Like there's, we, it, we need to legalize weed. We need, we need to get like on the front foot on. Well, we need to have things a that are obvious, and then at least, at least once we do that, yeah. At least, at least once we do that, like once we accept that. Uh. Uh, this is just we can't argue about whether weed should be legal. Legal. It's it's it's. Well, they want jobs, they... right? They're willing to give us jobs at any cost, including like your health, your safety, and the future of your children. Well, why not give us jobs that actually are for the future, like green energy jobs? Um, you know, legalized marijuana would create a ton of jobs. Farming hemp is going to create jobs. It's going to save some of our farmers. But doesn't they, help. The, doesn't help there's the cops. No, there's no imagination. Doesn't help the cops though. That's yeah, well, the, the cops can figure it out. You know, do the actual beat work. One would figure think. out where the dealers are because marijuana is not the problem. Pills are the problem, and heroin's the problem. That's the problem. Alcohol's a bigger fucking problem. You know, <laughs> as I drink a beer, but it is. I mean, you don't smoke a joint and go home and beat your wife, but you know, you might have too many beers and. Like I do actually drink too many beers on occasion, and I still don't beat my wife. I know, but I just wanted to point that out. There's the violence associated with alcohol. Correct. You know. Well, that's what I tried to. Actually, I was I was talking to someone just this weekend, and I said, uh, you know, 
you can you can OD on alcohol. People have died if they drink too much or they do this. I'm like, you can't uh, OD on uh, marijuana. I've tried. Yeah. I'm, I'm actually, I've tried my whole life. Just, I, I mean, maybe it's possible, but I mean, I've done everything I possibly uh, The can. only way you're going to die from marijuana is if someone like drops a large <laughs> amount on top of you. If somebody drops a humongous brick on top of you, you will die from it. <laughs> That's about it, you know. But also, like, one of the other arguments is like, oh, people are going to drive under the influence. And I'm like. People are driving around on Xanax. They're driving around on muscle relaxers. They're driving around on all sorts of antipsychotics. Who like has a giant label on the side, even cough syrup that says "Do not operate heavy machinery." And people act like they're talking about um, like forklifts and stuff. And no, that the car that's a heavy machinery. Like you're not supposed to be driving. So if we're not concerned about that, why would a plant be any different? That actually I mean, affects aren't even as strong. Again, again, this is a. Um... It's a relic uh, from a from a different age. It's like a vestige of like cops being able to knock people's heads in, and everybody knows it's kind of silly. But I hope that we can kind of put it away at some point because it seems kind of ridiculous. It's very ridiculous. I mean, and it's a freedom issue. Like I'm pro gun, pro weed, pro abortion. You know, just let people live their lives. Who this cares? is why you're. Uh, this is this is why you're a person of the bunker. Yeah. This is the bunk. You have the bunker mindset. Yeah, I mean, who gives a shit about that? Nobody cares. But it's a uh, it's a mechanism by which the cops can um, search people, and by which the state can press the levers of quote unquote justice against people they need to. So it's always nice to have these little mechanisms to do it, even though they're nonsense. Yeah. You're like, oh, oh, we have this little thing. We can uh, we can actually say, oh, we search. Smell is like so subjective, too. Oh, yes, because the bunker smells like weed all the time. Like I could just be like, yeah, you smell like weed. Like, yeah, I mean, come search it. But as you said, we're also pro-gun. So, yeah, come search it. My daughter I mean, actually hit me with a fun fact the other day, and she likes to say some very in, in, inappropriate things. But she was like, did you know that more people died from police than from mass shooters? I was like, yeah, actually, I did. <laughs> and she was like, because she has the drills at her school, and she's just like, it bothers her a lot. Yeah, well, this is actually a good segue into... Uh, a great, great news story. And I'm not going to read it, actually. I'm just going to um, talk about it because when we first started this podcast, we wanted uh, the political prisoner Lula in Brazil to be freed. He was a political prisoner, and eventually he was freed. And uh, Bolsonaro is still the president of Brazil, but at least Lula is, is free to do political work and... Uh, you know, solidarity with the, uh, with PT. Then, we got into two people. Chelsea Manning and Yahim uh, Harris. <clears throat> Just yesterday, Yahim Harris uh, was, re was uh, ordered released by the state because 
the whole fucking thing is fishy. So I hope Yahim will uh, will get out uh, soon. And and my he hasn't been released yet. I'm not sure. I know he, he was ordered released. I don't know if he's out yet. Oh, okay. I thought I saw that he was. Released, yeah, I'm maybe. not sure. I hope I mean, today or tomorrow. Yeah, the bureaucracy. Yeah. But listen to this. So, what came out in the uh, in the story is that James McCall, the cop, who was involved in the shooting on Lancaster Avenue that killed the killed uh, Bam. Uh, I can't think of his last name. Bam. Bam. Bam Jeremy McDowell. Jeremy McDowell. Yeah. <clears throat> he was involved in that. Now he's involved in this. Now it comes out that this cop had changed the barrel of his gun. You know, look, uh, got the. That's how they figure out where the bullet came from. Changed the barrel of his issued gun without any kind of uh, notification. Then. Either changed it back, or the night of the shooting, went in and 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 was by himself for a couple for like making amends or modification. We don't. Like nobody the knows. Bullet, the shell case. Like I don't. I'm not. You know. I, I'm. I I don't know what to say at this point. Like, a guy, sh- a a cop shot an unarmed kid. And he clearly, you know, the story said he changed the barrel for accuracy purposes. Now, of course, everybody knows that the way that they tell where a bullet came from is the grooves that come out of the barrel of a gun. That's like the fingerprint of a gun. But he changed it for accuracy purposes. But then he changed it back. And then the shots from the didn't match the thing and they couldn't find a gun. I mean, what the fuck? What what else do we have to do to prove uh, that what's happening is by design? Like, that people are making decisions in the police force, in the city police force. To make sure they can cover up in case they sh- kill somebody. A kid. 17, 18 years of age. Like, how do we make that, um, how do we make that argument? How are we going to do that? Because, I mean, we can't, we can't go out and say we're going to do a revolution. Yeah. But, but, but there are cops who know that this guy killed... He didn't kill him. He killed the other kid over here, but he didn't kill this one over here. But there's cops that know that what this guy did that aren't saying anything. And so how do we trust that? Where, where's the, what are we supposed to do? That's what I don't understand. Like politically, how are we supposed to deal with that? I mean, is I don't know. Like I don't know what to do. Well, I mean, <laughs> at the end of the day, Yahim got out. He's out now. So something worked. Maybe it was something in the state that we never really had any control over, but Yahim Harris is out. So the work of Yahim's family, some of the community, 
uh, Food Not Bombs and the work that they did in rallying support for Yahim Harris, that is a it's a start um, to some sort of wider accountability, whether it means body cams, whether it means uh, accountability, whether it means whatever that we think is needed. And another thing is journalism. Like, a lot of these things are not going to come out unless we have reporters that are willing to dig in and actually find out what's going on. And usually once that starts to happen, we start to get a bit more accountability. So at the end of the day, it's organizing. It's what you got to do. It's what it's sort of what the answer has always been. And uh, we may not know all the answers right now, but I think that we have a lot of power in our hands that we just haven't used so far. And I think we have the potential. We have the power. We just need to start exercising it. Yeah. And I think that's this was the start of something. Next time this happens, and it will happen again because that's what this system leads to. But next time it happens, we have a base. We have something, an example that we can work off of. And hopefully, hopefully it doesn't happen again. I would love for this never to happen again in the state of Delaware. But unfortunately, I don't think that's realistic. But now that we've had this experience and we have people who are organized, uh, they'll be there next time, and we're gonna we're gonna give them hell. Yeah, exactly right. We're never gonna stop. No, I think that's exactly right. It's it's it it shows that if if there is a concerted effort, and you do organize, that you you can bring things to people's attention. You know, and you might you know it might not be on uh you know on the television or people might not talk about it that much, but you can you really can make a difference. I'm, you know, again, I'm really pumped about this because, you know, we haven't we haven't been doing these shows very long, but uh, we've got we're, we're getting people out of prison, so I feel like actually something's happening. Well, we're not, Can we but... start the free Greg movement? I <laughs> mean, we're we're actually my brother's in I prison mean, honestly, right now. Honestly, we're actually not doing anything. But but it just, it's just cool that this this stuff is happening. You know, yeah, and no. I feel like people are getting together. Yeah, like Carl's like, yeah. Actually, we're not dead. <laughs> yeah, we're not. I mean, I, I'm like, I, I know. Well, you spread I the know, word. We're sending out good vibes into the world. Yeah, but, I mean, uh, I mean, trust the beam. You got You have everything serves the beam. <laughs> the beam. So, what do you think? I mean, I can cut a closer later. What do you What do you think about uh, national politics? Let's Let's record something about <laughs> national politics. We'll cut it in. What do you want to know? <laughs> I mean, so, I, I don't even want to talk about Trump because it's not even worth our time. Well, yeah. Um, but uh, when it comes to what's going on with the Democratic primary, honestly, I'm surprised that they're propping up Biden like they are. Um, why do you think that is? I really don't know why he's the one, like... Because this is what's like been bothering me. He was consistently finishing like fourth or fifth, and then he got one win. Whereas Pete and Amy both were higher than him. So like Pete's the younger guy. He speaks well, even though I, I care nothing for his politics. Like it would have made more sense for Biden to endorse him earlier. Like once he finished so close in Iowa and then Nevada and New Hampshire. Black people hate him, though. They don't like Pete. Yeah, but because, I don't understand why they like Biden. It's well, like kind of like Biden's re- like a Biden's Obama's friend. But also, I mean, I mean, that's what I like. I like Biden because I mean, 
I like Biden because he was Obama's friend. To be but honest, was he? I mean, close enough. He balanced out the ticket well, for the segregationist so, uh, whites. I mean, that, yeah, and he's yeah. winning the Confederacy again. And I mean, if we remember yeah, some of like yeah. Biden, Biden balanced out the ticket for the Confederacy, and now he's winning Alabama and South uh, Carolina. I mean, but also, look, I remember cause I lived in Mississippi for a good bit of time, and I remember like hearing about like why the black vote went for Wallace. After his fights against segregation, it was like, because it's the devil we know instead of the devil we don't know. And I've just, the logic still is just like, there's still the devil, but whatever. Um, But yeah, Biden, uh, his history, it's always, he's always been on the wrong side of every issue. Here's what I don't understand. And he's more like a Dixiecrat. Yeah, well, here's what I don't understand. Like... Everything that Trump used to be elected, whatever you want to think of him. I mean, obviously, the guy's a fucking lunatic. He's very dangerous. Every, he is. I mean, but the, he also but is the, an outsider. Yeah, the thing that, that, the thing that he's using to achieve power <clears throat> is this idea that everything's been kind of shuffled off overseas, NAFTA, trade agreements. And everything sucks for you. Because it because does. Because in- immigration. Like, Not because of immigration. Well, of course. I mean, but it, it no, does suck here, for the working class. Oh, of course. Like our wages are stagnant. Our health insurance continues oh. to rise. The cost of our children's education continues to rise. Our taxes are rising. And we really have nothing to show for it. Oh, of course. Like we're no. promised, oh, you work hard your whole life, you know, Social Security and your retirement will take care of you. But how does that work when the housing market collapses and then everyone loses 50% of their 401k and then they're cutting Social Security, they're cutting your Medicaid benefits? Like, where's that promise? It doesn't happen. But then you look at these guys and they're sitting in their fancy little suits and they got the Cadillac insurance plans. They're getting paid $200,000 a year at minimum to sit in Congress. You know, and promise you things and then turn around. They take all these big donations from their, like, different corporations, different lobbyists, different industries. And then they turn around and do things that directly benefit them. And you're looking at Trump and he's like, screw those guys. I'm going to drain that damn swamp. Like, I understand it. And if we had someone like Bernie, like. (laughs) Yeah, what, what Trump is saying is actually happening. Like, he's like, not wrong. He's not wrong at the all. The reasons yeah. why it's happening, he's wrong about. Yes. But but then you look at somebody like Biden who voted for NAFTA, voted for the the bankruptcy bill. Yeah. Uh, voted The crime for, bill. Right. Bo- the Riva. Is, is a, is Iraq. A, is a, is a, is a, is a, is a like, neoliberal... The National uh, Defense Authorization uh, Act and the Patriot uh, Act, which actually yeah, took away our rights. Right. And this is what people don't understand is that the things that it's that part of it, that the part that's being exploited that's real for regular people, the material part of it, is actually real. And Trump is using it and everybody's using it. But the fact that Trump is using it doesn't make it fake. Real. It's actually real. He, the way he's using it is, you know, absurd. Well, he's but, using it under white nationalist, like, kind of. Yeah, it's ridiculous. The dog whistle. 
But he. But the fact is that it's true. It is. And so if you pretend that it isn't true, I think it's a it's probably it's a huge problem. And people like Biden, and people who want to uh, like coalesce and make this coalition of the of the scared coalition of the afraid or coalition of the scared the thing is i don't know Uh, know the coalition of the cowards because the cowards you said it earlier i think that's right the problem trump is just a symptom of a much much larger problem is that we've lost complete and total trust in the people who are supposed to be our public servants and representing us um and and people like joe biden they represent the establishment that has abandoned us and going back before trump isn't going to make anything better it's not going to help anyone because we were still bailing out banks and then turning around and taking the foreclosure money that like the state of delaware won 31 million dollars to help people that were illegally foreclosed upon and instead of actually giving that money to those distressed homeowners they took it they balanced the budget like we're Going back to Obama isn't going to make things that much better. There's still going to be kids in cages. There's still going to be record homelessness. There's still going to be unaffordable housing. There's still going to be unaffordable health care. You know, child care is still going to be expensive. Our schools are still going to be underfunded. Our water is still going to be dirty. You know, people are still going to be like CEOs are making what, like 400 times the wages of their workers. Like wages are still going to be stagnant. I mean, yeah, everyone might have been a little bit nicer and civil to their little rich friends, but, like, I don't know. Half of me just thinks we should, like, set up guillotines, like, up and down the Capitol and just chop, chop. I mean, <laughs> sorry. You know, there, there are days when we uh, when we have that conversation. It's, it's like, hard because it's, like, I mean, yeah, a lot of people don't like Bernie Sanders because they think he's too far left, but he's really not left at all. He's showing us we, what we could have, what we deserve. If like the money that our government takes from us, instead of going to the rich friends and the little pork projects, was actually going to the everyday citizen. Like, why should I have to spend all this money on healthcare only to when I actually get sick, have to pay a deductible, have to pay copays, and then like get denied? Between me, my employer covers twenty percent or sixty percent of my healthcare. I'm spending eight thousand dollars right now out of pocket. That means he's spending like what? Nine? Probably. Something like that. I'm not doing math right now. <laughs> I mean, you're the one. <laughs> Down who's with like, math. You're like, do, do the like, math. I'm like, that's So, I mean, we're somewhere around $20,000 yeah. or less, between eighteen and $20,000. And under Bernie's plan, I'd spend like $2,000 a year and have, and I have a $3,500 deductible per person or $7,500. Per like family copay, and then you're still only covering like eighty percent of it. And I have like, uh, it's like bad. It's like not helpful at all in any way, shape, or form. Like I spent ten thousand dollars have a baby. Yeah, you're supposed to. You're supposed to uh, ten thousand dollars for a baby. Nah, but what you're not understanding is. You didn't bring uh, pelts to but James how much, Clyburn. Yeah, you I had to bring pelts like, to James just Clyburn. Just think about how much more money see. every single person would have every year. And it's like, how could you be against that? Oh, you're scared of the government. Which I actually understand. Like, inefficiency in the government is an issue. But at the same time, I've been dealing with 
the DHSS here in Delaware to get my niece's Medicaid reinstated. And they were awesome. Like, I filled out the application. The lady was like, all right, we actually need more information from you. You can email it to me. You don't have to come to the office. And I got once I got it to her, I, she was approved within 24 hours. Like, the purchase of care, once I actually got approved, yeah. within 48 hours, they accepted my daycare. And I pay $40 a week for this kid now. My my son is two hundred twenty dollars a week, so I spent eleven thousand dollars a year in his daycare, and I'll be spending like a fourth of that on my niece because of purchase of care. Which I wouldn't if I could not get purchase of care for her. I'd probably have to turn her over to the state because I don't have another eleven thousand dollars to spend. I would if I didn't have to spend twenty thousand dollars a year on healthcare or eight. You know what I mean? Like people don't think about this. Like we're wasting so much money. On, I mean, childcare is never really wasted. But but but, but Jordan, we we're not better. we're not building a coalition with McKinsey Consultants. If we're not building a coalition with McKinsey Consultants, I don't know what we're supposed to be doing here. I know, I know. But this people is... actually need to show the hell up and vote too. Yeah, that's right. But and again, it's, I, it's, I, it's, I mean, it's I, your I, generation. You're right. Forty five and above that went for Biden. You know, so what, why Why believe, are you are guys you, part of the fuck you got mine generation? You know generation? what, Carl? Stop laughing back. I can't believe he's laughing back there. You just hit the cutoff. I'm, you know what? The I'm right off. on the... I'm still I'm still Gen X. I'm not a boomer. Yeah, Gen X is the ones who are part of the fuck you got mine generation. Yeah. It's split in half. Because you all got most of your jobs and careers in order before it just all went to shit. When the greed was good and, hey, we figured out we could start ripping off workers and... Inflation's cool, but uh, wage raises aren't. Folks, <laughs> sorry. Uh, I have, I have, I have some potentially bad news. I've been canceled again. <laughs> Yet again. Yet again, I've been canceled. I want to thank uh, the whole generation. You know what? <laughs> Maximum if, efficiency. Yeah. Cancel you know Gen X. If, if we could cancel Gen X and I could just like do some sort of like penance. Except for the slackers. <laughs> See? Well, no, even the slackers now because they're endorsing Biden. What? Beto O'Rourke. Oh, yeah, fuck him. He's fake. Dude. He's a poser. Beto O'Rourke is fake. He's, he's such so a little fake. poser. He's he fake. lost to the Zodiac killer. I mean, no. come yeah, no, on. He's a slacker. No. Exactly. He is not. He is not. No. See? I like that you're, you're like, nope, no. we're not falling for it. No, so no, you're no, going with that millennial stuff. I'm going Gen Z. I everybody out. You're not wrong about that either. I mean, again, whatever. I'll cancel myself if it means the younger. <laughs> if it means the younger people have a future. <clears throat> Ladies and gentlemen, uh, candidate for Newcastle County <laughs> Council has has former former candidate has uh, actually canceled herself. She's self-canceled. She self well, one of the things I've actually thought about, though, is because, like, we get mad about candidates staying in office until they're, like, one step away from the coffin. But it's like if our generation gets in, when are we getting out? When are we going to let the young people come up under us? Like, I mean, what's the cutoff point? Ten years? Like. I don't know. You know? I mean, the good thing is I've done. Because so I would like. To, I've, like I've done so many drugs. I can't last that long. <laughs> I mean, at 15 years, I'm probably going to be fucking dead. I mean, the, the world, I mean, I actually don't want to last. But it's like you think about it, too. Like, if whatever's, you actually get it, whatever's happening about 25 years from now, I'd actually prefer not to see it. 
looks bad. Like I think that's why a lot of people wait till they're older. So you have kids. Because it's like you, you want to enjoy time you have to with hold your on. kids. I can't. It's yes. Like, I don't have kids. You have to. You have to enjoy time with your kids. But I'm going to give up. Yeah. I can give up because I can be dead. And it doesn't. <laughs> the way the economy is, it's like hard to enjoy time with your kids. <laughs> I know. You know. I know. Like we can't do what our parents used to do. I. So it's like, oh, the best we have to hope for is maybe once we're sixty-five, we'll be like wealthy enough to maybe like enjoy our good hips while they last. <laughs> like, you know? Folks. <laughs> We've come it's to the terrible. end of another fucking Highlands bunker. <laughs> and the only thing I can ask you to do is please, from the bottom of my heart, enjoy your good hips while they last. Also, www.patreon.com slash the Highlands bunker. Please, please, please consider a patronage. Help out Carl. We, we're, we're trying. We're trying our best. And, you know, the hips don't lie. Use them as much as you can. Um, you know, we got Lula out. We got Yahim out. Free Greg. <laughs> Watch out, everybody. Left is best.